Throne Room Breakdown is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know King's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. What's up, everybody? This is Kenny Caraway, and you can catch me alongside Jason Jones talking all things Sacramento Kings on our podcast, Throne Room Breakdown. Listen for free on Apple every Tuesday and for a weekly bonus episodes exclusively on theathletic.com backslash Throne Room Breakdown. Man, I can shoot the ball. I know I can shoot the ball. I'm not worried about what anybody says. Like, I'm a dog on the court. That's how I play. They play fast. They have three-point shooting. They're young. They're versatile. And that's how I want to play. That's how I think the game should be played. You know, this team is on the rise. The city's on the rise. Oh, that's, that's exciting. You know, I'm getting chills talking about it. You are listening to Throne Room Breakdown with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway, only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to the Throne Room Breakdown on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Jason Jones alongside Kenny Carraway. What's up, Kenny? Jason, what is going on, man? We're ready to take our throne as, uh, no pun intended, as one of the top duos out here, man. Dre and Snoop, Shaq and Penny, <laughs> Ghost and Tommy. Well, no, we got a little, we got a little more melanin than Ghost and Tommy. So, so we'd be uh, James St. Patrick and Councilman Tate. How about that? No, I'm from Long Beach. I can be Snoop. You can be Dre. <laughs> I'm with that. I stayed next to Compton for a little bit, so I'll be Dre. That's good. Okay, cool, good, good. Got a lot to talk about with the Kings. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Buddy Hill, four-year contract extension, $86 million. The guarantee, $20 million in incentives, $10 million in what they're calling reachable uh, incentives, you know, three-point percentage, things like that. You got other incentives like all-star appearances, making the finals, making the playoffs, but... Mm-hmm. Just first off, what you think about that? You know, a week ago, the way Buddy was talking, it sounded like this wasn't going to happen. Maybe it would happen. Was he going to demand a trade? He was kind of, you know, talking kind of reckless to a degree. So what do yeah. you think about this deal getting done? I mean, first of all, I'm happy that the deal got done. I'm really happy. You know, like you talked about after the the mini rant that he went on after the preseason game last week, I was a little disappointed in Buddy in the whole little episode. I got to be honest. And I like Buddy. All right, let me get that perfectly clear. I like him, but I wasn't feeling the way he, he went about that whole thing. You know, I, I felt like um, they were going to get him his money, you know, and it, it could all be so simple, as the great Queen Lauren Hill once said. It could all be so simple. It could all be so simple if he would have just let everything play out. But, you know, he had to speak up, and I, I wasn't feeling the way he did that. But at the end of the day, they got him paid. You know, the guaranteed money isn't, you know, in this – seven figure what's that hundred million figure the way he wanted it um but he still has an opportunity with some good play and leading this team you know to playoff appearances and things of that nature to get that type of money that he was looking for so i think it's a fair deal i thought the four for 90 was a fair deal to be honest with you but you know they threw on some uh some incentives like you said and i think that's a fair deal i'm glad they got it done though man because buddy's a big a big piece of what they're trying to build out here in sacramento with this franchise and um, I'm glad that he's going to be raining threes for the next four to five years, for sure. Yeah, you had a lot of things working with this deal. You had the uh, kind of the Harrison Barnes guaranteed money out there to 85 mil. 
Harrison shows up in February, he gets paid. So, mm-hmm. but he's kind of in his feelings. He's like, "Hey, I've been here since 2017. I came here when nobody went to. Well, he was traded there right. when nobody really wanted to be there. If your buddy, you watched all these other guys get paid. You watched Jamal Murray get paid. You know, he got a max deal." Then you're looking around and you're saying, hey, just a, what, a year ago, you guys were trying to pay Zach Levine $80 million. So why mm-hmm. do I have to fight for my money? It's like the, from the Ice Cube NWA movement. You know, there's a whole lot of money out there. <laughs> I see the money. Right. Buddy, Buddy wants his steak and shrimp. He don't want his fat burger right now. So <laughs> they were going back and forth with it, and they, they got the thing done. And the deal also helps the Kings. I mean, Buddy starts out at about $24 million next season. But yeah, then that salary yeah. decreases by 8% every year. So it gives the Kings some flexibility financially because next summer De'Aaron is up and De'Aaron's getting the max. I, there's Facts. nothing to way around that. He's getting the max. And if things go right, 2021, Marvin be looking at a max deal. So Facts. Buddy gets his money. You know, they keep their flexibility. And j- just like Harrison's deal, they're both kind of be declining deals. So by year four, mm. the salary will be smaller than it is in year one. So I think it works out for both of them. Buddy should be able to hit some of those incentives, which will put it at, ni- at least at $96 million over four. And you look right. at some of the other deals that got done, some bonuses in the, in the 70s range, you know, DeJounte Murray, four for 64, I think. So you look at all that going around, but I think Buddy got a good deal, got a fair deal. You know, you don't have to worry about a guy asking about a trade or anything right. like that. Going into the season, ready to roll. I thought there were two deals here. On the front end and then on the back end, that almost ended up screwing the Kings because they were so out of whack, right? So the Murray deal, while I think uh, Murray is a better player than um, Buddy Hill, you know, he has a little more responsibility, he could do a little bit more. I thought the deal that he got was way out of whack. What did he get, like 150, you know what I mean, for his extension? Yep. Like he got the full max. That 170, that full max. Yeah, come on, man. One, geez, my goodness, 170, right? So that kind of threw everything out of whack. And then. Luckily, they got they got the Buddy Hill deal done when they did because this Jalen Brown deal, oh, man, come on. I like Jalen Brown. I know that's your boy. All right, Cal yeah, Golden yeah. Bears. I know that's your guy. But wait, 120? Ain't that what it could come up to? He's going to get a guaranteed like 106 or something like that? Buddy's better than Jalen Brown, man. I commend Jalen Brown as a Cal guy. You know, Of course, the Cal guy would somehow work the system and get paid the most that he could. Can't really right. fault him for that, but... <laughs> But I just think they were in you know, different situations, and I don't know if Buddy could have gotten a max deal in, in free agency, quite honestly. I don't know who who was going to pay him a, a deal in that Siakam 4 to 130 range. I don't know who he was right. going to get that at. So I think the Kings had to get the deal done. The Kings, if they're going to keep this positive momentum, the good feeling around camp, the good feeling around the franchise, you couldn't go into the season without taking care of Buddy. So I think the deal to work for both sides, everybody was all smiles today at practice. Right. You know, everybody's feeling good. You know, everyone's laughing. They weren't laughing so much last week when Buddy's out there airing them out. But, hey, it's all part, it's all part of the game. <laughs> that wasn't funny. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't laughing either. <laughs> it was great for me. Great content. I mean, right. you know, I mean, when he dropped that, when's the last big name to come to Sacramento? I'm looking around like, me, man. man. I'm that, like, that man. That hit me. That's that's like when uh, Nas called Jay-Z a camel. That hit me. That hit Jay-Z. And when he talked about the last free agent that came to Sacramento being a, a son of the city, that hit me because he was right. He was he was 100% right, but he didn't have to put it out there to the public. Yeah, I'm like, poor Harrison Barnes over there. Like, hey, I stayed, man. Be, you know, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, Harrison, Trevor Ariza, or Sean Holmes, what they thinking when he dropped that line? But they knew they weren't big name free agents. He wasn't talking about them, you know. So, but it was still kind of a cold thing. It's kind of 
of like, hey, you know, you're going on a date, you tell your date, hey, you ain't going to get any better than this. You might as well go ahead and settle for this and be happy with it. And I'm just like going, man, you know, poor Sacramento. He, he had to put them out there like that. Yeah, that was a cold piece of work. But I, I'm, I am glad they got it done because, you know, I know her people talk about Atlanta or whatever. And that seemed like it might be a good fit. I think this is a perfect marriage for both parties, right? Like, I think Buddy can get the most out of his talent being here in Sacramento, really being looked at to just get buckets, right? Like they're not asking him to lock up an opposing opposing uh, shooting guard, be a Kawhi Leonard, play both ends or whatever. They now have Harrison Barnes and Trevor Ariza that can guard those athletic wings. And they can really let Buddy just get buckets. That's what he does best. They can let him focus on that. And, and that's good for him. On the Kings side, they got, you know, a 20-point-per-game score. They got a guy that is loved in this community. The P-Hard hit if they would have let Buddy walk out of here. I I think Fox is probably number one with everybody approval waiting out here, but Buddy might be number two. And if they would have kind of messed this up and let him get away, they would not have been happy at the Golden One Center and around Sacramento. So I think it worked out good for both sides. Good money. And um, it's a good marriage, man. I, I love it. I'm glad Buddy's staying. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is Buddy's telling me now he's going to be a better defender and they're going to make him be a better defender. And I think you can't have him scoring 20 and giving up 25. Right. So right. I think that, you know, he said he's going to work. You know, one thing I think was Elston Turner once told me, he said the same skills a player uses to be a good offensive player are the same skills used to be a good defensive player. If you got yeah. quick feet to get open and shoot the ball, you can have quick feet to defend someone. You know, right. Buddy's not one of those long six foot six, you know, prototype wing defenders if he just beat average defender that'll just help this team a lot have to take him off the floor for defense you need his offense on the floor so i think right. as long as there's a you know maybe a better scheme in place you know something that they, they can work with something that he's comfortable with and just overall i think having harrison trevor and the other guys around for a whole year will help him with that so right i said right. win-win for everybody everyone's all happy the kings aren't the laughing stock of the nba right now and thank god <laughs> It, it was looking that way for for about 48 hours. They're like people, people laughing at the fact that Buddy obviously dropped the famous, uh, you know, uh, who came to Sacramento line. That was a buzz on Twitter from everybody. Let me ask you this. Do you think Buddy really would have demanded a trade? Uh, he would have had no leverage because he was restricted. But I think they could have made things uncomfortable by letting the Kings know, hey, if we get a max offer somewhere, we're signing it. And a lot of times teams don't want to bring a guy back in that situation. You know, if it's been right. kind of contentious with the negotiations, you get an offer from another team and you match it. Now he's got to come back. Maybe those terms aren't the terms you like. Maybe, you know, a team knowing the King situation says, you know what, they may want to save money for, you know, the future deals with De'Aaron and Marvin. We're not mm -hmm. going to go declining. We're going to go the other way. So the, right. the value increases, which is what most right. guys want with their deals. And if you get right. one of those, maybe the Kings pause. Here's the other thing. Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to be a free, a restricted free agent. So, the, so that's what I was thinking, too. Now, the, the way this is structured with the declining guarantees every year, this allows them to sign Bogdan as well, doesn't it? Or it gives them, you know, they can offer him something pretty good um, to make him want to stay in Sacramento. So that's yeah. even more of a win for the way this whole thing was structured. Shout out to Ken Cantonella 
for for uh, <laughs> put, for putting these numbers together this way. Him and Vladi, they worked something out. And then shout out for Buddy for looking at the bigger picture, man. He got his bag, but he didn't hamstring the team either. So I keep saying win-win. Well, Ken's an Eagles fan, so he needed a good He Monday definitely morning. did, man. Yeah, he, Aguilar, yeah. <laughs> you know, he ain't catching babies like Aguilar is not catching babies. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, need, he needed a, a pick-me-up after what happened on Sunday night. That's yeah, you sure. can't let your, your coach come out and say we're going to win and you get spanked like that. Yeah, oh, I think, man. yeah, Ken bounced back pretty well from this. <laughs> Ken, and if, if you listen to this, Ken, I got love for you, but I think that carriage is turning into a pumpkin. Clock has struck midnight in Philadelphia. <laughs> it has struck midnight, brother. That glass slipper is, 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 is coming off. They got a ring before that glass slipper. You they know, did. You know. they, they did. Got, they, they got did. a ring. You know, they some did. of us. Some of us know nothing about a ring, so I'll go ahead. <laughs> I can't really talk much about that. But one more thing before we move off about Bogdanovich. The Kings have already offered the, the max that they can offer him right now, which is four mm. for 51.4. He hasn't signed that. No need for him to sign that because that would be a bargain for the Kings. And right. it's smart for Bogdan to wait. In a light market, maybe a team's out there and says, you know what, we'll go four and 70. Maybe there's another deal out there for him. So right. smart move by him to wait. I don't think it hurts him at all. I think Buddy had to get his deal done now, and Bogey can kind of you know, wait. And, and now they don't have to worry about, think about this. The Kings could have been in a situation where they had two offer sheets to, to decide on within a matter of hours of each other. Right. And that's not where they wanted to be. Now, Bogey's your clear number one priority to retain, to see how the season goes. We know Vlade loves Bogey. His teammates love him. He's picked up on the hip-hop culture of <laughs> pretty well, <laughs> what, you know. What they call him now, Euro Chocolate? That's what they call That's what they. That's what they trying to uh, get his nickname going, my man, Euro Chocolate. Yeah. Bogdan. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about pulling up on someone's block. I'm like, they, I'm like, who taught you that? And do you know what that even really means? You know, <laughs> so yeah, so it's going. It should be a good, you know, season for you know for them. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking so, forward to that. And like I said, we we keep reiterating, but it's exciting times for the fans around here with so much uncertainty that has gone on for what would you say, Jason? About seven years. Like, don't uh, know about, where they're going to be. Don't know twelve, thirteen. Yeah, well, you know, don't know what players are going to be here. Don't know who's here from year to year, coaches and all this other stuff. They got a new coach signed, and they've got this core of Fox, Bagley, uh, Buddy, Harrison Barnes, Bogdan. It looks like they all be around for about at least five years. That's a, that's an eternity in the NBA right now. You know, yeah. they'll at least have them under control, you know what I mean, for four or five years. So I, I, that is a much more welcome sight than some of the stuff that's gone on in the past. Yeah, which brings us to the optimism around the Kings. I mean, you look at the uh, past 13 years, the rebuild was always a start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. One year they're mm -hmm. a veteran team, one year they're not. One, a few years you're building around DeMarcus with all these, you know, these parts that don't fit. Right. People forget it was supposed to be, uh, but DeMarcus and Tyreek were going to be the the, the oh, pillars of the future. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. I had that. I had that thirteen jersey of Tyreek Evans. I had the jersey with the thirteen. I thought he was going to be our guy. Everyone did. He, you know, he, but his best year ended up being his rookie year, and you know, you had you know the time when the Kings went big when the rest of the league was going small. <laughs> so they've had a lot of different yeah. versions of the team. But yeah. one reason why there's optimism this season is because you're building on a 39-win season. You've got most of the players back. They're young. They're getting better. And the team, you know, the pieces seem to fit a lot more. I mean, for years you had a situation where you had, at one point you had a very veteran team and a very young team. And those young mm -hmm. players, quite honestly, weren't very good. 
So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like it was, it was like, what are you doing with this situation? And I think uh, if you look, you know, look back at some of their, you ain't got to call out my Michigan guy Nick Stauskas like that. You don't have to do oh, that. I wasn't thinking about him, but you don't, you don't have to me. call out my man Nick Stauskas like. <laughs> yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. I mean, I could I could run through a few names of guys who you look, <laughs> you know, you look at through their those rookies they drafted. You think about this in terms of rookie extensions. Buddy is the first one to get one since Demarcus, and when you and he was drafted in 2010, that's a long run of bad first round picks. Wow, that's a long run. So <laughs> that's one reason why I know people are optimistic. You know, you build on last season. You've got a new coach. The players actually like this coach, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you know, I can you add, <laughs> see that. <laughs> and you add some veterans. You know, you add some guys. I know the team kind of got killed by some people saying they overpaid for Trevor Ariza. You overpaid for Rashawn Holmes. Maybe you overpaid for Deadman or Corey. But you know, kind of like Buddy said, you're not going to get. They weren't signing Kevin Durant. No, no. And you got to pay the sack tax. You know what I mean? That's what I like yeah. to call it. You got to pay the sack tax. To get him, to get him here, you got you to pay the sack tax. That's just what it is. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a defense sack. I'm an L.A. guy to the core. Everybody knows oh, that. Oh, we know. We know, Jason. We know that. The streets Sacramento, know. Sacramento was not Oklahoma City. I mean, you're still in California. I mean, I'm not going to let. I mean, That's people I talk about Sacramento. They talk about Sacramento like they're sending you to Milwaukee in December. And that's right. just not fair to Sacramento. I mean, you can go down to Napa. Man, I should be the Kings, you know, free Asian guy. I mean, you know, hey, come down to Napa, hang out with come me on, and man. Vallejo. We can go down come to on, Oakland. Man. You know, go to Benicia. Go go hang out by the Benicia Bridge or something like that, man. No, I ain't going to think of Benicia. You. I mean, you know, we're going we gonna to hang out in Napa. You know, we'll do something like that high class, you know, take them wine tasting. They get yeah. married, take the wife or the girlfriend down there, you know. There's a lot to like about Sacramento. I'm not, you know, even even if there ain't no you know, real good late night restaurants, but hey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's about it's about Jack in the Box, Carl Jr., and that's about it. You know what I'm pretty saying? Pretty much, that's, pretty much. That's a fail. But you know what? It also, I talked to Trevor Ariza at Media Day, right? And Trevor's an L.A. guy. And, you know, he, you know, L.A. I, I live there. You live there. I know the difference. I get it, right? But... I talked to Trevor. I was like, man, how do you like it out here, man? And he said, it's different, but, you know, it's good for me right now. And I think that's kind of like the the lane for Sacramento moving forward with some of these free agents. You get some of these guys that aren't necessarily about to turn up. Like you try you try and sign a, a Zach Levine or, you know what I'm saying, when he's 22, 23 years old, he's trying to turn up, trying to do all that. That's not necessarily <laughs> the lane that Sac is. There's some good places to do, but that's not the lane that he's in. But you get a guy – you know, a, a veteran like they've gone off the last couple of years, a Vince Carter, a Trevor Ariza, a Dwayne Dedman, things of that nature, Harrison Barnes, true professional. And, you know, they're like, I like this place. You know what I mean? And and, and half the battle about Sacramento, I think, is getting them there. Because as you right. can see by the guys who have played here in the past, a lot of them come back and stay, right? But the, they once they get here, they realize this is a cool place. Like, I like it here. But getting the mayor is the hard part, and I think they're doing a better job of, of getting these guys here nowadays. So I, I like the veterans that they brought in. And part of it is, too, you got to have a stable organization. I mean, until recently, guys had every reason to want to come nowhere near Sacramento. I, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you know, you're firing a coach every other year. And, yeah. you know, you didn't, you know, the front office was shaky. You didn't know what was going on. You know, what's Vlade doing? Does he know what he's doing? You know, was right. Vlade going to, you know, draft another big man? <laughs> you know, so there was just so much going Shout on. Shout out to Papianis. Shout out oh, to yeah. Giorgio. 
Yeah, so there was just so much going on, and you would talk to I would talk to agents and players. I mean, I even wrote a story about it uh, early in the year. Uh, I had a I had a conversation with Harrison Barnes when he was early in his Warriors career, and he asked me not to print it, but I revisited mm-hmm. it with him and ran it. We talked about it later when he got traded to Sacramento. Uh-huh. He said that that draft night, they're all in the green room waiting, you know, waiting to get drafted. When Sacramento comes up, he closes his eyes and he prays <laughs> oh, that Sacramento man. does not take him. Oh, and he's man. praying, you know, and then when Thomas Robinson was picked. Oh, Thomas Robinson. Oh, man, we just going down memory lane. The whole room looks at Thomas like, oh, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody, you know, I had never seen a team with lottery picks who couldn't get people to work out for them. That's crazy. So, I mean, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, things are definitely going in the right direction. You know, I still don't think this is a playoff team yet. I look at the West, you know, to me, they're ninth or 10th right now if everyone stays healthy. I think they get in. I think they get in, Jason. I'm going to tell you that right now. I think they get in. And, and people keep going you know, on the on the past and the history with, with these two teams. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think the Spurs and the Warriors fall out this year. I don't like nothing that I've seen from the Warriors so far. That that team is the opposite of deep, all right? It's Steph. May, I like D'Angelo. Maybe you get Draymond scoring on one of these games. But, like, it's really just Steph all on him. They got Amari Spellman, all respect to him, but he's out there launching threes. Come on, man. I think the Kings get in, man. I'm not betting against. I'm not betting against Steph and them, and those boys. And I have a hard time betting against the Spurs. I've tried to kill them more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the year. This is the year. If the Kings finish ahead of the Spurs, they're in the playoffs. That's been my thing all summer. If they can get ahead of the Spurs, they'll get in. Because mm. I because I think OKC falls out the playoffs this year yeah. with their with their lineup of about five guards. You know, and five guards and Stephen Adams, you know, so I think they fall out, you know, and then if you can get ahead, you know, I think, but I think the Lakers take the uh, Thunder's place in the playoffs. So can Mm -hmm. you get ahead of the Spurs? And if you get ahead of the Spurs, you get in. So I'm not counting them out, but I got to see a little, I got to see a little defense. I got to see how much better Fox is. And I got to see how much better Bagley is. People forget Bagley only played about 60 games last season. Yeah. Yeah, I do hear what you're saying with that. Now, you've done this for a while. How much stock do you take into the preseason? I don't take a whole lot of it, but there are some things that you could take out of that. And aside from the second game in India, where they look like they just kind of were out of it and probably ready to come home, the Kings look pretty good. Like on the low, nobody's talking about it. They look pretty good this preseason. Like well, I don't the Utah win was good. Yeah. They were smacking Indiana up. I thought they looked pretty good this preseason. Yeah, and once they figured out that, hey, if he defends somebody, that'll help. They were down by, like, what, 40 to Utah in the preseason last year and ended up beating them in the regular. So I don't put a whole lot into it. I mean, plus they had a lot of injuries in the preseason. Corey Joseph doesn't play the whole preseason. You don't have Ariza. So, I mean, they had a little nicks here and there. So I don't put a whole lot into it. But I do think they're going to, you know, I did like some of the things I saw, at least of them trying to play defense. To me, that's all Mm -hmm. I cared to see. I know right. they're going to score points. I don't care right. about them scoring points. I want to see, will you at least please try to get in front of someone? Could someone please not just drive straight to the basket and all you guys stare at them? Or like right. that one Brooklyn game last season. Hey, guess oh, what? D'Angelo's Jesus. going to the left. Guess what? He's going to the left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can we not get, you know, can we at least look like we have a semblance of what's going on? I think what's going to help a lot of that is just the uh, new new coach, Luke Walton, because... If, if When you see games like the way the Kings play late down the stretch, to me that shows a disconnect between the players and the coach. 
Mm-hmm. And there was, and to me, there was a disconnect in terms, you know, I know the coach told, told them the scouting report. I know right. that, and I'm going back to that Brooklyn game. Right. I think the whole NBA knew that D'Angelo Russell liked the which way he likes to go. Right. The whole NBA knows if Jared Dudley's in the game, he's setting a screen for D'Angelo Russell. Right. And the Kings looked like they had never seen that before. And to me, that's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. You can, and, you know, and a lack of adjustments. I'm like, hey, coach, call a timeout. Do something. You know, maybe yeah. you don't have, maybe the players don't get it. But you can't tell me that you can watch that happen over and over and over and no one has a clue what's going on. So I think Luke is going to help them a lot just because these guys have really connected with him early on. I think uh, after Luke was hired, he had a phone call with uh, Marvin Bagley for about 15 minutes. Somebody mm-hmm. upstairs joked with me that that's probably longer than Jaeger talked to Marvin all last season. <laughs> So, so I think you're going to have a much, you know, more, you know, I think at least in that regard, it's going to be a better thing. Maybe that that'll help the players, you know, connect and get the message. So, I mean, it's going to I'm interested to see, you know, how Luke handles that. No, the first coach I'm covering that I'm older than. So I know I'm getting old now, but (laughs) but I think I think Luke is going to be good for them. Luke is going to be good for them and they're going to be able to make some things happen. You know, when I when I think about Luke. And and his time as a coach, obviously, he did a great job with that uh, Warriors team while Steve Kerr was out. But then, you know, he goes to the Lakers. And I thought two years ago when he had a lot of the young guys, it might have started off slow or whatever. But I thought they played really well as the season went along and they started to, you know, look like they were on the right path to do some things. And then LeBron gets there and then. You know, the whole trajectory changes of what that franchise is trying to do. And I didn't think that was a good fit for Luke. You know what I mean? I don't think he was a good uh, fit for that team and the team was a good fit for him. Now he's getting in a situation here with the Kings where I think it's a much better fit. I think, like you said, these guys kind of appreciate the relationship that they may have with him. They might play for him last year. And I, I think I don't think they hated Jaeger. You could probably speak to this a little better. I don't think they hated him last year, but. Just on the surface, they look like, and I'm not accusing them of this, but they look like they were not playing for him to be around towards the end of the season, right? Like, they didn't play inspired, like, yo, we're hearing these rumors. We want to make sure everybody knows we love this coach. We want him around. They kind of, like, did the opposite. So I don't see that happening early on, obviously, with Luke. Obviously, it's the honeymoon phase. But I, like you said, I think they uh, they have a good relationship with him. I've heard nothing but positives from the way they've talked about their interaction with Luke. And I'm anxious to see what he can do with these young guys. Like they, if, if he's preaching defense and he's preaching, you know, we can get these 35 threes up if you guys defend a little bit, I think they'll buy into that. I, I'm anxious to see how they react to those type of things. Yeah, they're buying in right now, but let's see if they buy in if they lose four in a row. <laughs> so, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's always the key. You know, everyone's happy in October. You know, let's see yeah. about December. So I did want to bring out before we, we got into the game on Wednesday to start the season is there's a lot of optimism going on around the Sacramento Kings. But there is a little bit of cause for concern that I wanted to talk to you about. And this is a tough one. All right. Because I, I didn't see this coming. I went so far as to say this guy, I, I went out on the ledge. OK, I jumped out the window, Jason, last year. I said this guy was going to be rookie of the year because I believe in his talent that much. Now, Harry Giles isn't going to even start the season this year. What is going on with Harry? 
I was the one where when he didn't play towards the end of the season, I was like, hey, they're just being precautionary. When they didn't play in summer league, I said, you know what? This is good. He doesn't need to play in, in summer league. Summer league is kind of a, a, a roller derby sometimes with some of these guys trying to make teams. He don't need to be out there with that. Then they tell me he wasn't practicing. Then they tell me he wasn't playing in preseason. Then they tell me he's not ready for the start of the season. I'm concerned, Jason. I'm concerned about Harry Giles. What's going on with this guy? Uh, I wish I could tell you more. The Kings haven't let us talk to Harry <laughs> since mm, media that's day. That's even I, more concerning. That we can't and even I, talk to him. And then the, and the man's on social media telling people he's not hurt. So I think there is legitimate reason to be concerned just because mm. you have a history of knee problems and he hasn't played in the game since March. You know, and yeah. and to be missing this much time with just a sore knee, you expect mm-hmm. a Vince Carter to miss a few weeks with a sore knee, not someone right. this young. So I think there's reason to be concerned. He did practice Monday, but only in non-contact stuff. He hadn't, right. you know, they're not going to let him get any contact yet. And this is a big year for Harry, but just, it's also good. He's also could be in some trouble with the playing time. I mean, right now. How do you argue him even when he gets back taking minutes from Rashawn Holmes? I can't yeah. argue that right now. So. It's going to be, I think, with Harry, you've got to take the long-term approach, be patient, and then maybe at some point he gets his chance. So, but yeah, yeah right now, I, I hope so. Harry, will be, Harry will be in a suit, you know, uh, on Wednesday when we're in Phoenix and the Kings uh, play the Phoenix Suns in, the whole, in their uh, season opener. Well, he dresses really well. I will say That's that. That's good. He dresses yeah. really well. I like it. I like his style. He, you know, he's always got the nice blazer with the, you know, the slim jeans, some nice kicks. He dresses really well. I love to see him in a uniform, but I, I, a compliment is, is is attire. I will say that. Yeah, he's an old soul for real. He's an old soul. Yeah, but yeah, he'll be. Yeah, but he'll be. He'll be down there. But he'll just be watching the game. And we look at this Suns team. They're playing a team that wants to play a similar style. A team that wants to get up and down the court. The team. A team that wants to play fast, but. I think going in, the Kings have to feel like this is a game you got to win. You can't 100%. lose to the Phoenix. You can't lose to the Phoenix Suns. I think in the last few years, the Kings went from not being the joke of the league to the Suns taking their place along with the Knicks as the two teams you make all the jokes about. One hundred percent. The Suns are no yeah. good. They're they're no good. Like they've got talent on the squad. Obviously, they got Devin Booker. I like Kelly Oubre. I really like that cat. I like DeAndre Ayton. He can go. That man can play for sure. But they aren't a good team. Right. They're not a good team. They're not even a good franchise right now. Like you said, they're the laughing stock. Didn't Martin Gortat came come out like the other day and talk about this was like by far the worst franchise he's ever played for. Like he didn't mince any words. And that's their reputation around the league right now. And and mm-hmm. I don't care if we're playing them in game one, game 21, game 81. The Kings should beat the Phoenix Suns. They did blow a 20 point lead to him last season. So don't mind me, Jason. But when you look at the Suns team, you add, they, added, they added Ricky Rubio. So they finally have a point guard after trading every point guard they had. Uh, you still got Devin Booker, who was an elite scorer. But it's also a team that hasn't figured out that DeAndre Ayton is kind of good. And maybe you want to dump the ball on him sometimes. So you have to right. see if they can you know, get that thing going. And the thing about it is with their new coach, Monty Williams. The one thing is they're going to play hard. Monty's like teams Monty. are going to play hard. Like so, yeah. you know, if uh, and I think Monty was the Kings' second choice if they didn't get Luke. Yeah. So, like yeah, Williams. so I think that's going to be a big thing for them. But I think for the Kings to win this game, they've got to play some defense. Just play that's some it. defense. Play some defense. That's all I'm you know, play some defense. Attack. I mean, Ricky Rubio is a solid defender, so De'Aaron's got to push that pace. Get Ricky going up and down. I'm not even sure who their backup point guard is. It's uh, Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome, okay. Virginia's finest yeah. national champion, and, Ty Jerome. Yeah, and Ty Jerome did not look like a Ty Jerome when I first saw him. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that's facts. That's, that's a whole different thing. But, that's you facts. know, 
You've got to, they just got to be aggressive. And I think if you could do that, you got to get this game because your next two games are against, you got a game against Portland mm-hmm. at home, and then you go the next night to Utah. You don't want to start That's the tough. year off possibly 0 and 3, 3 and 4 right. nights. So you got to get this one. If you want to be a playoff team, this is the game you got to win. I mean, I agree with you. This is a game that they should win. And, and what you got to do, like you talked about, is show some semblance of defense. All right. Some semblance of defense. And you take care of business against this Suns team. I also feel like going with the defense, Jason, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but all they have to do is, is double Devin Booker. Right. He don't like to be double. He'll just walk off the court if they double him. Right. Ain't that how, ain't that how it works? Hey, only in <laughs> just a double him. Game, he'll walk off. The you court. don't you don't double in a pickup game. I ain't mad at Devin for that. That's I, don't, I, I am mad, mad at Devin about that. Man, if you don't if you don't figure out. Joe Kim Noah was right. We doubling out here, bro. You better figure it out. Well, you know that. Yeah. But I, th- I think if you <laughs> you got to you got to, you know, stick with Devin Booker. Don't do things like leave him wide open and let him get going. I think this is a very winnable game, very winnable game to open the season. Then you come home with a little momentum and then you can, you know, said you got oh Portland and, you know, we could revisit Bagley and Dame battle. I was about to say that's play. the that's the Nas Jay-Z uh, of the NBA right there. You know, what I mean, it's the eat the verse yeah. takeover of the NBA. Yeah, it's something. I don't know if it's Nas and Jay-Z, but it's something. <laughs> And then, you know, then you go into Utah where they had a kind of little, you know, a little attitude, everything going on out there. So, yeah, it a fun little debut for us, you know. Somebody told me on Twitter that, um, you know, they were worried that uh, your podcast was going to be all about wrestling. I said, are you crazy? We're definitely going to sneak some wrestling in. We didn't sneak any wrestling in today, uh, Jason. Well, we got a whole lot more to sneak in there. So, you know, so uh, we didn't sneak in enough music. I didn't sneak any food take. So we're going to be mm, good. You're a foodie. Okay. Oh, yeah. So. I'm eating potatoes, man. I go, I go to gourmet restaurants and ask for cheeseburgers because i'm hungry all right i'm hungry i don't need to i don't need to experiment i'm hungry just give me that bacon cheeseburger i know that's gonna fill me up but we'll talk about all that we'll talk about it all this has been the throne room breakdown tune in every tuesday and friday for your king's content this is jason jones kenny caraway and we will catch you next time